0: Uh, again, we can even feed off each other. And sort of, if I pause somewhere, Brent can sort of jump in and fill in. And so, anyways, hopefully this will work well for us tonight. So, again, to, to be able to, to join you. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, the the promise of the deliverer chart. Again, we've been assembling this all the way through the Old Testament. Um, again, God wanted us to know right from Adam and Eve, right from the very beginning when he promised that one who's going to come crush Satan's head, um, he didn't want us to miss it. So... That's what, again, 350 approximately promises of who the deliverer is going to be, what's going to happen. And, again, as we go through the, the Christ lessons now, we're going to be identifying at different points, you know, where, where some of these prophecies are being fulfilled. We're not doing all 350, just 20 some here. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, we're going to see tonight as, as, we, as we go through this lesson, as Brent mentioned, Take time as we go along to just sort of jot down because we're going to ask at the end either some some of these prophecies that have to be fulfilled, or some of the names or some of the the important things that um, that we've we've covered in this lesson. So, um, so again, as we look at that, we're going to come back to this this chart. We're not going to read through all of it right now. The last time we we looked through the verses and things, so I think for time, we're just going to we're going to move on from there. Now, in our in our last lesson, um, we, we we highlighted one of the one of the key truths that. It wasn't just—I mean, this, this is this is some amazing thing that God is obviously coordinating all these these different uh, circumstances. But the key one though, was that God, the deliverer, was going to be God Himself. And do you recall why that was? Why is it so important that it's not just another person that, that, that you know deliverer is just another another good human leader? Why is it, does it have to be? Why is it important that it's God Himself that is coming to be the deliverer?
1: The deliverer couldn't have any sin himself, and and had to be powerful enough not to just to deal with one person's sins, but the sins of the whole world.
0: That's right, absolutely. And he he alone is powerful enough. the The issue, the problem, is big enough, and we've seen all the way through the Old Testament. Again, human leaders, again, from they had their. You know, Moses, Joshua, then the judges, kings, the prophets, humans, we of ourselves, just aren't <clears> in it to, from overcoming it ourselves to helping ourselves. I think, Brent, that illustration in the last lesson, if we're, if we're all in quicksand, That's right. Um, you know, we, we need to get someone who's outside of this problem to help us. And God's the only one. So, um, yeah, let's, let's go to the background to today's lesson. So, I mean, we're finishing the Old Testament. We, we have finished the Old Testament. We're now crossing into the New Testament. Um, I mean, the Israelites, I mean, they, 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 they had to take into captivity, ruled by the Babylonians. I mean, they had returned to Israel. And from the, the book of Malachi, the, the last of the books of the Old Testament, to where we we come to now, there's about 400 years. And um, unfortunately, I mean, some of these things, some of these cycles of rebellion and, and, and consequences and... Other nations have come along. Like that, we've had um, the Greeks, the Egyptians, the Syrians, and as we come to um, the time of the Old Testament, Israel right now is ruled by the Romans. Um, so, it, and there's been 400 years since there's been any written, sort of inspired scriptures. So again, that's where we have this gap from Malachi to to uh, to the New Testament. And, I mean, as as Ro- as Israel is ruled by Rome. I mean, they have another country ruling over them. I mean, taxing them, forcing them to do things that they didn't want to do, make them work, make them um, I mean, thankfully they, they could still practice their, their religious practices, but I mean it was it was a different legal system. They had to work if they you know without wages if, if Romans wanted them to, they could charge them with infractions, jail them, kill them even. And just like any Nation that is oppressed by another nation, Israel struggled with this and they fought against it and they were longing for their freedom. And so many believe that the deliverer, some of them called them the Messiah, but they thought this is going to be the, the political king, the new ruler who's going to set them free from Rome. So, um, so, I mean, we're going to see how some of that goes as we go through these, these Christ lessons, as people were looking for the Deliverer and what the Deliverer was going to be like. I mean, thankfully, as I mentioned, like the, the Rome still allowed Israel to, to worship at the temple. And um, in Israel, they had their, their synagogues in their, in their town, so they could still meet together on, on a weekly basis and, and, and learn from their, from their scriptures and uh, in their, in their synagogues. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there, it's, it's a good thing. That they still had that freedom. And in this time, it, it wasn't, you know, we see we had prophets, they don't have a king anymore. So Israel now was is relying on the, the, the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. They're, they're four main religious leading groups. And they had different roles in, in, in society. But again, those names are going to come over, over and over again the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. Um, and they, as the, I mean, it's interesting that as the Israelites followed these religious leaders, um, again, they had all the laws from the Old Testament, but these leaders um, started creating even more of their own religious laws so that as we, we come to the, the New Testament, I mean, what was required of the people of Israel um, by all these religious leaders, their list has gotten longer and longer and longer. So it's more of the of the rules. Um, and it's almost like a deepening religious bondage. And so not only was it this... this uh, you know, the sinful people were missing the mark. I mean, they they had now more bondage they're putting on themselves, trying to do more rules and more things. Again, another reason why they needed the deliverer. Um and, and again now that's that's gonna be God Himself mm-hmm. who comes. And we're gonna get into that story today.
2: Awesome. So as we go into the New Testament here, we enter it with an exclamation mark, and that's that's exciting for us. Last week Andrew was like, I'm excited to finally get into the New Testament. And well, we can be excited. Because it's been a lot of doom and gloom thus far. The the cycles of sin and rebellion, we just kind of think, good grief people, won't you get it right? Well, they didn't and we don't. And so, thank goodness that the promised deliverer has come. And that's our hook uh, for this lesson. The promised deliverer has come. Um, there'll be some additional truths that'll be focused on in this lesson that you see in the subscript there. The messenger prepares the way, uh, Jesus is born, and promises of the deliverer. Uh, are fulfilled, further fulfilled. Um, so do you guys remember what we said to make note of as we go along through this lesson? Craig said it once, I said it once, I'm hoping <laughs> you guys heard it. <laughs> the prophecies about Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, like making note of his names and descriptions of the Deliverer and the Messenger, what they're like and what they're going to do. Um so if you could do that, does that make sense? And we will make note of what you said as well, Brett, the uh the prophecies fulfilled. Yeah. So, we're going to try and watch um the Bible Project. I just really like how they kind of give us uh I, like when we were together, I was doing more story of the uh, the narrative together. Um because it's less dynamic in this environment. We were using Bible Project a bit before, but I I really like it in this setting. Um, just to kind of keep you guys mentally on your toes so I'm going to show a Bible project video of Luke chapter 1 and 2 um, and it will cover from the priest Zachariah to the shepherds uh, at the end of Luke uh, 2 uh, verse 20. So let's see if this works uh, it'll give us a good little kind of mental imagery to go forward with uh, into our teaching. <laughs>
1: The
3: Gospel of Luke. Luke investigated many of the earliest eyewitnesses of the life of Jesus and then composed this account.
4: And the story begins up in the hills of Jerusalem, the place where Israel's ancient prophets said that God himself would come one
3: day to establish his kingdom over all the earth. In the city is the temple run by the priests and one of them named Zechariah was working in the temple when he had a vision that freaks him out. An angel appears and says that he and his wife will have a son. What's this all about? Well, Zechariah and his wife, we're told, are very old.
4: They've never been able to have children. And Luke's setting up a parallel here with Abraham and Sarah, the great ancestors of Israel, because they too were very old and could never have kids.
3: Yet God gave them a son, Isaac, which is... the whole story of
4: Israel began. And so Luke's implying here that God's about to do something that significant for this people once again.
3: The angel tells Zechariah to name the son John.
4: And then he says that the son's going to fulfill a promise of Israel's ancient prophets that somebody would come one day to prepare Israel to meet their God when he arrived to rule in Jerusalem. Because right now, Jerusalem is ruled by the Romans. Yeah, specifically, it's governed by a man named Herod, who's a puppet king under the Roman Empire. And so the Jewish people wanted nothing more than to be free and
3: govern themselves in their own land. So this is shocking news. Everything's going to change. God's on his way, but how is he going to arrive? Well, to find out,
4: Luke takes us out of Jerusalem and then up into a small town in the hills of an out-of-the-way region called Galilee. And there we find a young woman named Maryam,
3: or we call her Mary. She was engaged to be married. And then an angel appears to Mary, saying that she's going to have a son. She's supposed to name him Jesus, which
4: in Hebrew means the Lord saves. And he will be a king like David, who will rule over
3: God's people forever. And then Mary asks, okay, well, how is this possible? Because... I'm a virgin. And she's told that the same Holy Spirit that brought
4: life and light out of darkness in Genesis chapter 1 is going to generate life inside her womb. God is about to bind himself to humanity through the conception
3: and the birth of the Messiah. And so Mary goes from some backwoods no-name girl to the future mother of the king? Exactly. In fact, she sings a
4: song about how this reversal of her own social status points to a greater upheaval to come. Through her son, God's going to bring down rulers from their thrones and exalt the poor and the humble. He's going to turn the whole world order upside
3: down. So when Mary was really pregnant, she and her fiancé, Joseph, had to go down to Bethlehem.
4: Yeah, there was a decree across the Roman Empire about new taxes, and so everybody had to go get registered in the town of their family line.
3: There were so many visitors in Bethlehem, they can't find a guest room. And so the only place they can find is a spot where animals sleep. Now nearby were some shepherds with their flocks, and an angel appears, which, of course, freaks them out. But they're told to celebrate, because tonight in Bethlehem, a Savior has been born.
4: Yeah, they're told to go and find this baby, and they'll know that it's the Messiah, because he's going to be wrapped up and laying in a grimy feeding trough. Yeah, which is pretty gross. Yeah, totally. And then these shepherds, who aren't very clean themselves, they go and find the newborn Jesus in this really dingy place, and
3: their minds are blown. They go home wondering what on earth is about to happen. And this is all really strange. I mean, if God's really coming to save the world, this isn't how you would expect him to arrive, born in an animal shelter to a teenage girl celebrated by no-name shepherds. Exactly. I mean, everything is backwards in
4: Luke's story, and that's the point. He is showing how God's kingdom was first revealed in these dirty places among the poor, because Jesus is here to bring salvation by turning our world order
2: upside down cool what do you guys think let's uh let's hone in on on the first part of that of of the promised messenger being born so John the Baptist what are, some, what are some key details to the script, to the word that you already know ahead of time or, or may have been reminded of in this here? What are some key details um, going forward with the birth of the messenger?
1: Well, I really liked uh, how they brought out the childlessness of Zechariah and Elizabeth and how that... Uh, was a repeat of uh, Abraham and, and Sarah's situation, and uh, again, uh, inaugurating, uh, a, like in the past, a new nation, a, a, a new movement, in, in and in a sense, uh, uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, and their son John would be a forerunner for
2: that. Social upsetter that would. That's right. Coming. Yeah, social upsetter. Good. Yeah. Anything else that stood out or it seems uh, key to this story for you guys?
5: Well, they also mentioned by uh, sending Jesus as in the, in the flesh that it uh, was a way of binding God to humanity, which is an interesting thought.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's focus on this part. They had that in the video, which is good. Um let's focus this part on the on the messenger. The messenger of John the Baptist. This is just the first part. We'll kind of break it apart like that way. We'll sort of do the first part and then go along.
5: Okay.
2: So we hit on the elderly. So there was a there was a miracle that was gonna take place here. Um how were they described? Did you guys uh was that mentioned actually, or do you guys remember how um, Zachariah and, um, why am I blanking on her name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Thank you. (laughs) How they were described? Not sure that was there or not. Maybe it's not in the video.
3: It wasn't in the video.
2: Thank you. Do you know how they're described? (laughs) This is like extra bonus points.
6: (laughs) Righteous, observing God's commands,
2: yeah they are yeah, they are described righteous and blames. We'll get there in the scriptures. Um, so yeah, so we we get in here to um, this is the storyline. the angel speaking to Zechariah, the birth of John came, uh, and then the birth or, or sorry, the, the Virgin Mary, an angel appears to her, um, and an angel speaking to her fiance Joseph uh, about this baby to come, and then his birth, the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. Um, and then he goes to, as they said in that video, the, the, the social unsettler and, and Tony cued in on that, which exactly is what Jesus uh, began doing right from the start here. Um, you know, went the angel went to the shepherds first, the lowly people, then the wise men were, were, uh, triggered to uh, seek him out. And again, they weren't Israelite. They weren't, um, yeah, I mean, they were affluent, but they weren't maybe, the ones the royalty, in the same sense that uh, uh maybe people were anticipating um, and then there was a journey to egypt um, and then we'll we'll wrap and touch on a bit we'll wrap up and touch a bit on Jesus in the temple um, when he was a uh, a bit older so here we are um, the temple, Zechariah in the temple, and the birth of john so The Gospel of Luke begins with his old priest. His name is Zechariah, who served God in the temple in Jerusalem. Um, You can turn with me to the book of Luke. We'll be bouncing around a bit, Luke and Matthew. But Luke chapter 1, this is where we we get to see um, what it says of Elizabeth and Zechariah. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Third book in the New Testament. What does it say there if you want to read with me? Or somebody could read chapter 1, verse 6 of Luke.
7: Zachariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations.
2: So there we have it. Not me saying it, the Word saying it. They're described as righteous, walking blamelessly before God. So this would indicate um, they're putting their faith in God. and, And scripture also tells us that his wife, Elizabeth, was barren. She couldn't have children. Um, let's look at what God does. Sorry. Let's look at what God does on the day that Zachariah serves inside the temple. Um, so, somebody could read for me Luke uh, five to twenty-five, and then another person um, fifty-seven to eighty.
0: Do you want to to jump down there, Brent, to the next Luke 1.13? That's that's, that's the overview again.
2: Oh, that's right. Sorry. The video captured that already. Yeah. So 13. Um, We'll just do 13 to 17. Five, four verses there.
5: I'll read it. Uh, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other firmament drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, To make ready a people prepared for
2: the Lord. Uh Hello, everyone. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. (laughs) Still there? Still there? Yeah. So here we have a picture. I put the verse up here as well. uh, If you don't have the Bible with you, Um, we have this is Zechariah, an angel appearing before him in the holy of holies. what, are we, what was the message the angel brought to Zechariah?
5: Well, he's going to have a son, in there, and they're supposed to bring him up in a certain fashion. Yeah. And what the purpose of his son's coming is.
2: Yeah. God's going to perform a miracle, giving them a son in their old age, in her barrenness, in his wife's barrenness. Um, what are the, some of the things said about the child?
5: he'll be a joy and delight that would be great
2: (laughs) like all our children right
5: absolutely
2: good that's the right answer yeah he will be a joy and a delight he'll be called john
5: filled with the holy spirit from birth
2: yeah that's really unique sorry i cut you off brett
6: Uh, that's okay
2: Uh, Filled with the Holy Spirit from birth.
6: He will be great before the Lord.
2: Great before the Lord. Yeah.
6: He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God.
2: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's huge. Awesome. Good work. What, uh, let's, as we look at verse uh, 17. Yeah, Amy, you nailed it there. He was going to prepare people. For his For the deliverer's arrival, the work that God had John do was to go before him, preparing the hearts of the people for his arrival. What is the importance of God's prophecy about John
1: well,
2: were you going to say something, Tony.
1: Well, Ispect myself uh, the prophecy about John um, well it fulfills uh, the very last uh, promise made uh, in the Old Testament by Malachi about uh, a messenger going to be sent to prepare um, prepare for the Lord and that would uh, turn the hearts of fathers to their children and children to their fathers no mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah that the part in Malachi four, five and six of about four hundred years just before God would come as a deliverer, uh, he would send a messenger to prepare the people for himself. John's that messenger. So the arrival of the deliverer we can know is near. Yeah.
0: And it's kinda neat as we as we are going through this these stories is again God wants to make it really clear for us that again He's the one Making this happen, and again, prophecy from 400 years before to now, it's being fulfilled with with John. Again, who's going to be going to be the messenger? Um, and we're going to see some more of that in, in this lesson. So, now as we look at this story, I mean, think about your, you know, yourself. You're Zechariah. You've gone into the temple. I mean, it's, that can be a pretty intimidating thing to begin with, um, going into the holy place um if you're not in the right place that can be a very dangerous thing to do god's holiness is so good that it's actually dangerous and uh so here he is doing the the things he's supposed to be doing and this angel appears can you imagine what that would have been like um i mean for yourself how, how do you think you would feel if all of a sudden an angel's there
5: probably like most of those people in scripture you just fall on your face <laughs> it's, it's a good posture
0: a good posture yeah i mean there, there's i mean what's the one statement many angels say you know don't fear <laughs> <laughs> here's this, this awesome presence um and i mean he's he's the angel is, is giving zachariah these great promises you have a child and here's great things about this child um yeah. But as we, as we look at Zachariah's response in scripture, if you look at it's the eight, verses 18 through 25 um, in, the, in the next section here, I mean, verse 18, he doubts what the angel is, is saying. Um, like that's a, that's a pretty, uh, well, I mean, may, maybe again, as he's trying to think of me, I'm old and my wife is old. How's that going to happen? And, and there's consequence for that. Instead of just trusting, I mean, this is a messenger from God's presence. He's come. And so because of that, he can't, Zechariah can't speak now until the child is is born. Um, I mean, as we, as we look a little bit further there in the section 18 to 25, um, when Zechariah came out of the temple, I mean, and he couldn't speak. And the people that were outside waiting, um, that they were worshiping while he was in there, I mean, they, they realized from his, his expression and not being able to speak that obviously there, was, there had been some encounter with, with God, a vision from God. I mean, they found out that they had been an angel. Again, um, had to see God's hand in these in these circumstances. So, um, I mean, Zechariah's response, a little, little surprising in some ways to, to doubt a message from God. But again, even in his doubt, God's still working out his plan and his purposes. Again, he's faithful to what he's got, Got in motion and he's going to carry that on. And that's what we see happen as Zechariah goes back home. um, I mean, soon after that, Elizabeth becomes pregnant, even in her old age. Um, And what is significant about the fact within their culture? What was it about um, being barren? What what was that like for a woman? Does anyone know that? Not to have the
7: child was. Awful for uh, a woman. And she yes. was old and not having it. And then she went into seclusion. That was another part that I realized that uh, they would, for five months, she was in seclusion.
0: Yes, she was. Yeah. yep. Yeah. In verse, uh, in Luke one twenty five, you know, she has this word saying, The Lord has done this for me. Like This is a gift to her. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. I mean, it, it, culture mean, it was very much... I mean, in most cultures, even today, there's 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 that where um, it should be very difficult. Yeah. And so, I mean, this becomes something that that, that Elizabeth now is cherishing. Um, yeah, I mean, and then in, uh, in Luke 1, um, 57 through 66, we have the... This is nine months later. Elizabeth is giving birth to... Um, to John, and uh, again, this is where they they name him John, and Zachariah is able to speak again. And uh, again, we're not covering all the details of, of this story. We're covering quite a few stories in this lesson today. But um, Brent do you want to go from there with the, how Zachariah then responds after that?
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, so he, in his disbelief, his tongue was bound. <clears throat> they knew that he saw uh, a, a vision when he was in the temple. So when as Craig was saying, once John the Baptist was born and he and they named him John the Baptist, it's almost you get this like idea of like, okay, he he confessed before the Lord, like this is true, what you said is true. I'm gonna I'm, and I'm gonna obey what you told me to name him. He started to speak again, and, and it says that um, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied. Um, so let's read together what Zachariah prophesied, as it is it is actually totally packed with uh, truth about the deliverer. And what God was about to do. Um, so turn with me to uh, 67. To, uh, it'll be Luke chapter 1 verse 67 going to 79. And if you don't have your Bibles, I will also put it up here. So it says here. Do I have any of you there? Not? Yeah. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear Awesome hey we get a reminder there um, that this is the promise from Abraham what, how does how does uh, Zachariah praise God about the deliverer in verse 68 What does he state?
6: It says okay. he visited?
2: In verse
6: 68. Yeah, it says he has visited and provided redemption for his people. I I don't have NIV, but
2: Yeah. Yeah. But that's right. Yeah, because he has come and redeemed his people. He's confident. Zachariah is standing on the promise of God here. And and it was as if the deliverer in his mind has already come um, and has already rescued them. And yet this was just the anticipation. A little later, it's like it says, You're going to be the prophet of the most high. How cool is that? It's like, son, you're going to do well for yourself. You know, (laughs) you're going to be the prophet of the most high, the one who's going to rescue and deliver us, his people. Now, let's walk through these verses. Um, You'll notice the same confidence in verse 69. Uh, It says, He has raised up a horn of salvation. Others translate this as, He has raised up a mighty savior or deliverer or raised up a trumpet of redemption. Um, He then reviews uh, the guarantees that God gave in the past about the coming Deliverer. So 69 there, uh, in the house of his servant David. You remember he said that your kingdom, it'll it'll reign forever, one of your descendants. So he was going to be in the line of David. Verse 72, to show mercy on our fathers, remember his holy covenant. God sending the Deliverer was his mercy and his faithfulness. Verse 73. The oath he swore to our father Abraham. Remember, God swore to all families on earth to bless them through Abraham, through the Deliverer who would come through Abraham. Verse 74. uh, To enable us to serve him without fear. God was sending the Deliverer to reestablish humanity's intimate relationship with him securely. Um, Our sin... Brought fear and the deliverer would end it. It would be complete. You'll see something touching on that in verse 77. We'll just get there in a second. Um, verse 75: In holiness and righteousness before Him all our days, the deliverer w- w- would, would fully pay for humanity's sin. Um, as a result, they would be holy and righteous before God. Does God do things halfway, you guys? Does He half rescue? Does He half forgive? No, it's the whole thing. He, he's not looking to us to, you know, as we're drowning or in the quicksand to get ourselves halfway to the rescue loop or whatever. He does. He completes fully. That is awesome. Verse uh, seventy-seven, kind of tying into uh, seventy-four there, without fear, to give a knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. What other religions promise that? In the past, their sacrifices provided a mere covering, but now, now they would know that they were forgiven permanently forever imagine being free from sin and knowing it no more doubting i mean i think of um i used to have friends who were who were muslim i used to work with some muslim guys and it was like this unknown scale of like well you just hope at the end of it that your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds and i remember asking my one my one coworker i said well how do you know what holds what holds what weight you know like is a uh, house sitting for somebody for free worth uh, two points? And then like lying is worth what? Negative what? Three? You don't know. But here it says you will know the forgiveness of your sins. Let's keep going. Uh, 77 and, and 79, or sorry, 78 and 79. Notice it was the tender mercy of God that compelled him to fulfill his promise and bring light to those who live in darkness and the shadow of death or lake of fire. He did this so that they could experience peace, you guys, peace with himself, peace with God. This points to the truth that the Deliverer is indeed coming.
0: Go for it, right? And with this, uh, as we look at, um, again, Luke one sixty-five, all this stuff was happening. Again, the people were realizing something unique has gone on. And, and let's look at uh, one sixty-five. The neighbors were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, "What then is this child going to be?" For their Lord's hand was with him. I mean, they're paying attention. They're 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 tracking with these again, essentially these these miraculous things. And these words that are being spoken about this child, um, they're God is at work. I mean, it's still a baby, but they're going, what is God up to? What's God going to do? And they're in awe of this. Um, so just just pause for a moment as we think about the story. What are some of these am- amazing things, some of these miraculous aspects of this part of the story? Because God wants to, again, this, this exclamation point that Brent said at, or at the beginning of the lesson, this, as we're starting here, God's making this. Really, these amazing statements, amazing things happen. What are some of the things that are on that, in that more miraculous, kind of amazing kind of side in, within this part of the story?
1: I'm not sure if this is what you're, you're getting at, but uh, just dawned on me whether there's a parallel that um, Zechariah's silence kind of symbolized the 400 years of silence um, between Malachi Malachi and and the Gospels and just uh, that when the silence was broken, it was broken with an exclamation mark that it's
0: uh,
1: beyond exciting news. Um,
0: I wasn't quite thinking quite that uh, that deeply there. I didn't. That's really weird, though. I mean, yes, there's there's no written scripture for 400 years. I mean, I think God was still talking because we're going to see some God was still speaking and working with his people. Um, but there was no written inspired word or written scripture in in those 400 years. So, I mean, the people here knew there was, there was visions that God was doing stuff, but even that, I mean, there was a vision, I guess, part of this, this child's story that even, you know, Elizabeth in her old age, um, was able to have a child. I'm thinking a little more, more on some of those things, even the things that were said about the child. Um, yeah, again, again, not not to be. I think I think we've covered some of these things, and we mentioned it before a little bit. That um, again, God was intervening, God was working, and again, we have these great words spoken about this about the this messenger, and the idea of this messenger is setting up the promised deliverer. He is the one who's going to come before, to prepare the people. So God's prepared the way. The promised deliverer was coming. Emmanuel, God. With us, going mm-hmm. to carry on there, Brenda.
2: Yeah, I mean, it just—it's a reminder that it seems like God turns everything on its head. He uses everything that's uh, against human wisdom or human—not uh, logic—but He chooses unlikely people to fulfill part of His plan. You think of Gideon in the army. You think of um, how how cities were taken, being marched around. I mean, He always takes what we don't think is usable or we don't think is likely, and, and He turns it on its head. So Zachariah and Elizabeth, they were ordinary people, uh barren well beyond birth year uh, having kid years. God intervenes as Craig said, um, and we see the messenger came forward. God is faithful, he is always going to ensure in his sovereignty in his supremacy what his plan is will go forward, and you know he's not going to play into the hand that we sometimes think that he always will play into, you know, coming. In a mighty way, and and being the, the the earthly king that they thought he would be, and using high and mighty people. Um, so it's just, it's it just, it's so neat how God chooses to use people then and today. Um, so as we as we kind of uh, transition into the just before we transition into our second point, how do you guys respond to this story? What does this do for your hearts, uh, for your thinking, as uh, as we? review this story of of the messenger, the one who prepares the way in the desert. How do you respond? What's your reaction? There's no right and wrong here. This is just uh, open discussion.
1: (laughs) Well, this is going to be so good that uh, it's... um, God is unfolding his plan and nothing's going to stop it, even though some are going to try to, but uh, nothing's going to stop God from fulfilling his precious promises to bring the deliverer.
2: Amen.
6: For me also, I think with um, how close we are to good Friday being tomorrow, um, reviewing this passage so far is such a great reminder of just how awesome God is that he came hmm. um, and that he had a plan of salvation and he did it and um, I think just at this particular time I'm extra aware and I yeah. think I should hope would be that way every day but extra aware of what he has done for us.
2: Amen. Yeah it is pretty neat when you start established in September. Uh, that you kind of end up at this stage of the game right at easter and it it wasn 't planned that way, but it's <laughs> it 's beautiful it wasn 't planned that way by us. just put it that way <laughs> yeah. um, but
5: it also seems like uh most of the people that God used as key players in history uh stood there and on and said, "Why me mm-hmm. you know and i 'm not capable i 'm not able i 'm not this i 'm not that, but he used them anyway, and mm-hmm. sometimes he had to do some pretty dramatic things to show them that. He was going
2: to use them. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and really, like, I know a lot of us know the story. It's not like I'm, like, holding anything back from you guys. Um, but for some people, what you teach as you go along the way, really, they won't know what's next. So when you put yourself in history, in this time of the Bible uh, account, how would you be looking forward with anticipation to what that messenger would say and do? I mean, this is the people around Zachariah and Elizabeth. Who is this kid? He's special. We know that. What's he going to say? Come on, speak. He's just a newborn. <laughs> that, that's the fun yeah. part of going through the word this way, too, is, is it slows us down in our tracks. We, we know we've read the rest of the word, but a lot of people won't have. And in the Bible history account, they won't have had it either. So it's a neat, it's a fresh perspective, I think. Um so let's dive into our second point here. The promised deliverer was coming, Emmanuel, God with us. This second point here, we're gonna look into the aspect of Jesus being born of a virgin. Um, and with that, as Jesus is born, God purposefully working out his plan. Um so we know he's born of a virgin, the Bible tells us, uh, with God as his father. He's fully man, he's fully God. And uh, we're going to dive into where we see the scriptures sort of revealing more of that. Again, intellectually, we know that, but how did the people of the time see it? Um, So the second part of today's story, uh, we have these three images here. The first one of of the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary, um, the one who is favored with God, the one who is going to be... become pregnant with the savior of the world. Just this young teenager who was who was engaged to Joseph. And imagine how she's trying to piece that together in her mind. Um, and then Joseph needed some counseling. So the angel appeared to him and uh, he was told, you know, don't divorce her. Uh, this is what's gonna happen. Um, and then the prophecy or the, the message, what was told came to pass. We, we know the story of Jesus being born in Bethlehem. Uh, in a stable in a dirty place uh, unlikely that was un- seemed unlikely to happen that he would arrive that way unlikely people came to see him um, so the first picture there an angel speaks to mary between the promise of john and his birth god also appears to mary uh, the virgin from the town of nazareth she was engaged to be married to joseph and both of these guys um, dis- descended or both Mary and Joseph, I should say, descended from the line of King David, and and this is an important truth to to fulfill God's promise. Um, if you want to take note, you can look at it later. Luke three twenty three to thirty eight lists Mary's lineage back through David to Adam. Um, let's read what the angel says. Uh, if you want to go to Luke twenty six, and we'll read to thirty eight, Luke chapter one. Chapter one. Verse 26. Could somebody read those uh, 12 verses?
1: In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you.
2: So, in verse 28 there, it says that Mary was highly favored. What does that mean? Does it mean she was without sin? No. <laughs> I hear ahead. One, one no. Go
6: ahead.
2: Well, Just what stands out to me is uh, says you were highly
1: favored. The Lord is with you.
7: In verse 30, it
6: also says, uh, oh, let me say it again. Do not be afraid, but you have found favor with God. Hmm. So yeah. it's, um, it's, 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 a, it's a gracious gift of God to her.
2: Yeah, so she found favor. There was a time she didn't have favor, or she wasn't, uh, um, how would you say it? We we get an indication here that she had a sin debt. She had a sin debt rope, correct? Being highly, she, yeah, Tony.
1: She was about as sinless as Eve was when God made the promise that the seed of the woman would crush Satan's.
5: Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean. There is no way that she was born without sin. She was born in Adam. So that meant she was a sinner separated from God. She too (coughs) needed a deliverer. Um, I don't have the time chart set up behind me. I don't know if that was working for you guys or not. There was enough things to figure out tonight. But I would write her name on the eternity chart uh, at this point after the 400 years of um, gap from Malachi to Matthew. And... uh, I would put a rope there. We have a, a sindet rope. She earned one uh, at birth or whatever. And um, she needs a savior. She needs a deliverer. Um, you can see, just to emphasize um, her need of a savior, in Luke chapter 1 verses 46 and 47, Mary says with her own uh, mouth, my soul glorifies in the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my savior so mary was favored by god um, and god came to tell her that she'd give birth to his deliverer not that she would be the deliverer she is blessed of course you'd be blessed if you're carrying the deliverer of the universe Um, but she wasn't above women she wasn't um, different in any other dna kind of way um can you imagine put yourself there uh, especially you ladies you're you know you're a teenager you're engaged some of you that are married imagine when you are engaged and you get this angel coming before you and he's saying you're gonna have a baby even though you're not known by a man. Uh, what do you think of that? <laughs> I mean again the angel first of all would knock you back on your on your heels. Um, just yeah engage your mind with that like that would be astounding. Let's read a little more here, um, or review, 31 to 33. You will be with child, the angel said, and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. So what are the main points here? What did God communicate about the child?
7: His name was to be Jesus.
2: That's right.
7: Which means God saves. Yeah. And he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High and will sit on the throne of God and reign forever.
2: Amen. Are these ringing ringing some uh, promises of the Deliverer, Uh, things that we listed up, (laughs) checking off in your mind? I mean... This is exceptional that these things are going to happen for this simple young woman from Nazareth. For her to hear these and, and be like, me? Wow. Now think of the implications for Mary. As she heard what the angel said, what might be some other questions in her mind? I mean, I'm sure she thought of her engagement to Joseph. How? What's he going to think? I mean, in that time, in that culture, uh, it was as if she was already married. Um, but... He also had the law on his side to to legally put her to death. I mean, she would have. He would have, of course, thought that she cheated on him. I mean, if any of us heard that story, uh, any of us guys heard that story, come to us, it'd be. It would take an angel visiting us to convince us otherwise. Um, I mean, it was nothing short of scandalous. Even with these complicating and and reputation staining, tainting things. Mary humbly responded, saying, "I am the Lord's servant; may it be to me as you have said." Craig, do you want to dive into Joseph's response? Sure.
0: I mean, as Brent just described, there, it's this was this was my fiance. And we all discovered she's she's pregnant. It's not me. Um, so it's like, whoa, what's going on? I mean, it says in, in if you go flip over to Mo, uh, Matthew, this is where we're going to find Ma, um Joseph's response, Matthew 1, um, I think it's verse 19 here. Um, it tells us that um, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her, Mary, to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. At least he wanted to be uh, respectful and uh, somewhat gracious with his response. Um but as we, as we look at, um, what have we got there? 31, hold on. Uh, so go one on more slide you. There, Brent.
2: there you go, sorry.
0: There you go, <laughs> thank right you. Um, yeah, as we go, go farther in this, as we, as we look at, um, from a little further into 25, it says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Yeah, angels are really active in, in God's, uh, God's, God's work here. So he appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph. Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child, and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So, although Joseph, I mean, his initial again human response is to I'm gonna end this this marriage, this this engagement, but again through God's intervention, sending an angel, he uh, he humbly listened. Joseph listened to what the angel had commanded took Mary to be his wife. And I, and, I mean, again, a key words here, what the angel said Ed, from, I mean, once an angel appearing to him, but there's this, who this child is going to be. I mean, what, what are some of the key words that are going to highlighted here with, um, in red on, on the screen. If someone could just point those out, read those out.
5: What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel.
0: Yeah. I Again, mean, it's, it's it's letting Joseph know it's not another man; it's the Holy Spirit. Again, this this is I mean, Brent, you 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 mentioned it briefly in this lesson. Is says Jesus is going to be fully God, God with us, Emmanuel, but also a man. It's, this is that there's a human side to this. But the child, this human child, is going to be conceived from the Holy Spirit. Um, The name Jesus, again, it's an important name. And again, this idea that he will save his people from their sins. We'll find out that um, the nation of Israel, as people are looking for their their Messiah, their Savior, the Christ, and those other terms that are used um, because they're dominated by Rome, they're looking for a human king, an earthly king. And this truth that he was coming to save his people from their sins sometimes uh, we find out that they're missing that key component of what God was really doing. So again, in this first lesson, as we're introduced to to Jesus, I mean, from the deliverer and a few things that are said, or the messenger, I should say, but now here, as Jesus is being, his birth is being announced, and and, um, it's being announced to Mary and Joseph, again, he's going to come and forgive sin. Mm. So... Uh, as as Mary and Joseph, uh, I mean, Joseph listens again. He, he marries Mary, and um, as we as we go on in the story, we find that um, during the time of Mary's pregnancy, um, Rome declares uh, that they want a census. They want to count the people, which for the Israelites are going. Oh man, this is this is more about in more control. They're probably going to want more taxes. Um, so, I mean, Israel, you know, the Israelites aren't looking forward to this. And for Mary and Joseph, I don't know if you if you caught that map uh, in that little video, they went from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem, well, why is Bethlehem an important um, place to ha- that they had to go? Does anyone it know? Is... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, oh, no, no you, I asked the question. If you have an answer, go ahead and answer the question. <laughs>
7: Because that was one of the prophecies that was, that he would come from Bethlehem.
0: Yeah, he'd come from Bethlehem. That was considered the city of David. And again, just reinforcing yet again that he's coming from the line of David. And so that's where he's going. Um, Now Mary, she was very pregnant at this point in time. And um, I mean, some would say it's it's probably a four to seven day trip, a journey from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. And she's just about to give birth. And and it was not a, a, a luxurious, uh, you know, get in a car, you know, get in a train or a bus. It was walking on a donkey. And, yeah. I don't know if anyone, if anyone ever seen some of those, uh, some of the movies that have been produced again, in the in the promised land in in Israel and going over that terrain. It would not have been a great journey for Mary. <laughs> um, but They had no choice. They had to go. Um and then, when they got to to uh, to Bethlehem, um, I mean, if you remember from the video, did they find the uh, the five star hotel to to get to, or maybe even even, even the hospital? Did they? they what, what? Where? Where did they have to go?
1: Something that had a manger in it,
0: <laughs> some kind of stable, some place where they kept animals. I and mean, what that looked like. I mean, there's different ideas as to what kind of structure that might have been. But it wasn't a, a normal accommodation for a couple of traveling. It wasn't your normal bed and breakfast, Airbnb kind of thing, hotel. It was where the animals were staying. So um, the baby was born in a stable and it was laid in the manger, a feeding trough. And, um, yeah, I mean, this reaffirms you know what was his map in Micah 5 2, where from Bethlehem, um, uh, shall come a ruler, will be a shepherd of his people Israel. Um, and God is fulfilling more prophecies here as he goes along. And, um, I think, wait, I think you you mentioned this again the idea that God is God's turning things and what we would expect to have happen. I mean, if this is. God, coming to earth, um, and we think about the circumstances, I mean, if we think to talk about important people, right, in, in our in our world today, if someone really important is coming, you know, you'd have the, the finest places, you'd have the most important people involved, and yet here, Mary and Joseph, um, like, essentially nobodies, when, when, as far as Israel was concerned, teenage girl, a carpenter. Going to Bethlehem. They're not going into a palace. They're not going into some fancy place. And it's the lowly and the poor. Uh, I get in, in that video. I like how they, it, what we expect, God was turning things upside down. What the people and society and culture and status and all this kind of stuff. We'll find out more from the religious leaders as we you, you go into these lessons what they were expecting, what they thought. God was turning things upside down. Because God's plan was going to work in a different way than what people were, were expecting and what they were thinking.
2: want to go from here, Brent. Sure. Where'd you end? <laughs>
0: where the the shepherds there.
2: Okay. So um, we have kind of the, the timeline here of of, uh, of the pictures. Um, they did get to Bethlehem, gave birth. Uh, the Magi came. Uh, they made their journey back to Egypt, um, and uh, and then we have the boy teaching in the temple here. So as as we keep talking about this this turning things on their head, God changing the social orders, the birth was first announced to who? Once the birth, once the baby came. Shepherds. Shepherds. We know the story. Um, the angels proclaimed to the shepherds, a savior is born, Christ the Lord. Um, uh, Luke two. Chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, if you want to go there and have a peek with me, it says in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 10, but the angels said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you, there it is again, don't be afraid. Okay, (laughs) do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, that's Bethlehem, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So the shepherds begin the journey. They go and see. They marvel at what they've just heard and seen. I mean, these stinky, uh, poor, out-in-the-boondocks people were the first ones, the angel, uh, God sent the angel to tell what happened. So they were going to see this, this one that we're learning about, the promised Savior who is born. God himself is born in Bethlehem. So, I mean, we've kind of uncovered this question already. I think you have this in your student notes. Why it's significant that it was first announced to lowly shepherds. Um, how would you put that in your in your own words? We, we've said it a couple times. Why is that significant in your minds that, that God announced it to the shepherds first? Or is it significant? Or what do you see there?
4: It was, he went to just, well, the lowest of the low, the most the most common people in a way
2: yeah
1: yeah and in a sense it's a fulfillment of uh the type of king he would be in that Mm -hmm. uh uh, david when he's introduced in the bible is a shepherd and who was called to shepherd god's people israel and in a sense that would be part of uh jesus calling he would be called the great shepherd and so uh, that is in a, in a symbolic sense one of the characteristics uh, of the Messiah he would be uh, a good shepherd uh, and so um, God is kind of bringing that type of per- that group of people to the great shepherd Hmm.
2: Yeah, the word is thick in symbolism. Um, yeah. I, I think the more you dive into that, the the overlaps, it just, man, it, it shows how God's word is indeed inspired by God himself. Yeah, so God, I mean, Jesus is, is later, we'll see, called the good shepherd. David was a shepherd. Uh, the angel goes to the shepherds. Um, there's so much about the substitute and the lamb and the sacrifice that shepherds watch over the sheep. Um, and, and so... Um, yeah, it just it it just shows so much to us, though, doesn't it? Uh, Jesus came not just for for those that we would think that he went into you know he didn't go into king's court and right to the top and here I am to take your throne. No, he he went to those that the world would deem unimportant, um, but really he went to all people.
1: No, pardon the pun, but in a sense, Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> oh. <And> so... <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so God sent shepherds to this little
5: lamb that's right
2: that's awesome that's awesome Um, okay let's uh, go to Luke chapter 2 uh, 21 and 22 this is where um, we're getting into uh, Jesus being dedicated at the temple if you're familiar with that story um could somebody read those two verses luke chapter 2 21 and 22.
7: On the eighth eight, eight. Th- Go
6: ahead, okay Jack. okay on the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child he was named jesus the name the angel had given him before he was conceived when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of moses Joseph and Mary took
2: him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Okay. So, brought to the temple to be presented to the Lord, uh, while in the temple, they encountered a, a couple special people Simeon and Anna. Um, let's read a little bit about Simeon, uh, just a couple verses ahead there. <clears throat> uh, verse 27 and then 30 to 32. Whoever else is going to read, you could take those now if you'd like. 27. 30 to 32.
7: That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying. That was 27, and then 31,
2: 32. Actually, keep. 30 and 32. Just read. Straight through, read straight through. I don't know why I took that out. Ah, uh, 27, 28. If you read 30, 31, 32, There we go. Okay. <laughs> okay.
7: Um, I've seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal unto the nations. He is the glory of your people, Israel. Hmm.
2: So we see really highlighted there. For my eyes have seen your salvation, a light. For revelation to the Gentiles. Interesting. Again, not expected. The Gentiles. Simeon saw his salvation, sees his salvation. Um, Let's read about the prophetess, Anna, in um, verses 36 to 38. Just, um, here, I'm just gonna read, I'll do it here. I'm just gonna read the beginning of 36 and then uh, jump to uh, 38 here. So there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Uh, we talks about her husband there, never leaving the temple. So then, in verse 38, coming up to them at the very at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So we have two people here that that were looking forward to to this. One who would bring salvation to the one who would redeem Jerusalem, Um, and and when they see him, they exclaim this upon him. Um, So we're seeing what we're seeing in these two uh, from these two prophets here is is an acknowledgement of of his godness, uh, not just his humanness, right? Um, This is the one who's bringing salvation, the one who's going to redeem Jerusalem. well, let, as I said earlier, we're going to pull that out for, uh, through this section here. So as we look at the wise men in Matthew 2, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, we'll continue to see more of that. So go back again. Kind of, We're going to go Matthew, Luke, Matthew, Luke. So go Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Somebody that wouldn't mind reading 12 verses for us.
6: You said Matthew 2, 1 to 12?
2: Yes, please.
6: After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people, and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because that is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route.
2: So again, We see here, God was concerned for Israel, but He, or we don't see that here, but we see that he was also the God of all people. We know he's a God of Israel, but we're seeing that he's a God of all people. So he lets others outside of the nation of Israel realize that a special king was born. God revealed to these wise men from the east what he was going to do. They weren't Jews. He brought them and guided them with a special star in the sky. I mean, think about it. How on earth, Were they able to follow a star for thousands of miles and end up in Jerusalem? You know, it's like you look up and you think, well, I'm going to follow one star, but how did they do that? It was God. It was God. He really wanted them, these non-Israelite men, these Gentile men, to find and worship the Deliverer. Again, there's nothing but the miraculous happening here, the supernatural. Um, Matthew, um, the first verse there, 2-1 After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. So the star was there that led them. Um, When they found Mary and Joseph, the baby in Bethlehem, they worshipped him. And they brought him, uh, you know, I know this is speculative and stuff, but they brought him gifts that were fit for a king. Um gold, frankincense, myrrh um, it says in in verse eleven, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, incense, and myrrh, so they affirmed Jesus as as their coming king. Um, what does this account of the wise men coming from the east tell us about the child Jesus and the scope of his purpose?
1: one of the things that i find interested in their gifts is that all three of the gifts are what the people of israel donated for the cause of the the building of the the tabernacle in the wilderness uh, where god would come to meet his people and and john talks about Uh, in his gospel that the word became flesh and dwelt among us or tabernacled or uh, pitched his tent among us and so and and christ would refer to himself as the temple and so it just i'm not saying that there's more perhaps behind the the significance of those gifts but they were all uh part of the gifts uh to um make the temple and its furnishings.
5: Mhm.
2: Yeah. For sure.
5: It seemed as if maybe God uh by by calling these magi from the east, uh, was was saying he's going to reveal himself to people outside the Jewish nation as well.
2: That's right. Yeah. It was a global event, right? Mhm. I mean,
7: fulfilling his promise to Abraham that in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed.
2: Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, do you want to take over the, uh, the fleeing through Egypt there, Craig, or do you want me to keep rolling?
0: Oh, sure. Well, again, as we're talking about some of the prophecies that are being fulfilled, um, I mean, Herod, when he discovers that there's this king, and Herod's not real happy with that news, so he wants to, to kill this baby. And um, so uh, Joseph and Mary are warned again to to flee, and so they take Jesus down to Egypt. And um, again, after Herod's death, um, God let Mary and Joseph know they could come back, and they went back to Nazareth. And again, a struggle with fulfilling prophecies. Those are that's going to be on our prophecy list there. Prophecies of the Deliverer that in God's fulfilling more circumstances, miraculously saving uh, Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus from Herod. Um, but also sending them down to Egypt. There, there's a prophecy about him coming back. You know, I'm going to call my son out of Egypt. And that um, he would be called, called a Nazarene as well. So I think it's in um, Matthew uh, 2.23. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's more. of Again, there's a little bit of the story. We're, we're not going to get into details of that, but it's just more of these things. That uh, God is just affirming and showing us again, he's working his plans and fulfilling the prophecies that he'd set out hundreds, even thousands of years before. So, um, and I think as we're going to sort of finish our, our bit on the stories of, of Jesus um, in this part of the lesson, we're, we're going to jump ahead a few years where Jesus is a boy in the temple. And uh, we're, so we're going to finish this section here is that um, at the age of 12 years of age, Jesus went with his parents to Jerusalem the annual Passover celebrations, and um, on the way home, um, Joseph and Mary thought Jesus was with their group, um, traveling together, you know, the family group and friends, and and when they couldn't find him, though, they realized, hey, he's not here, and they had to go back to Jerusalem to look for him, Um, and and the Bible tells us that, uh, in in Luke 2, that after searching for three days, they, they finally found him so um let's go over to luke 2
2: and 46. Let's back here a little bit we've got the established mascot walking across the screen up there <laughs> <laughs> luke two forty
0: six 46 uh, and 47. someone want to read that
1: After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers.
0: Now, and when his parents found him, you know they they were astonished. They said, "Son, why have you done this to us? Why have you treated us like this?" And um, Jesus goes on to say, "Then, you know, why were you searching for me?" Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Um, of course, Mary and Joseph's that they didn't quite understand what he was saying to them. But um, if you look at those descriptions again, this is a boy in the temple uh, with all these religious leaders, all these scholars who—they you know—they have all the answers. They are the ones who are leading the people in, 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 their, in their religion in their way, and here they are, the people, um, and Tony, as you read that there, everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding, I mean, for those of you who are parents, you know, and, and you've got, uh, a 12-year-old child, I mean, it's quite often they, they think they have all the answers, and they know what's <laughs> going on, um, teenagers, I've got three teenage daughters, well, I guess my, my oldest daughter just, she just turned 20, like, two days ago, so it's... <laughs> She's outside of the teenage years, but uh again. They think they do this, but here are leaders, again, scholars. They would have studied scripture. And they were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Um, again, showing that this uh, and then Jesus, I mean, his reply to his parents, you know, why are we looking for me? You know, I'd be in my father's house. He's reaffirming, yes, yes, he's a boy. He's human, he's a child. Um but there's also something different about this this child. I mean, uh, we say you know this, this isn't a normal thing. Again, Jesus is demonstrating even as a boy that he's not just a regular Jewish boy. Uh, Firming yet again, he is God with us. He is the deliverer, Son of God, Son of Man. Um, again, God gives gives us just this this little story here, this childhood, uh, which is kind of a neat thing. So, you want to do this think about section, uh, Brent?
2: sure <clears throat> um so the hook we know that it's emmanuel god with us but why did he come like this i mean questionable pregnancy it was scandalous born to a an unknown girl a nobody from a small little town uh, not a prestigious family born in a dingy mangy stanger, stanger. <laughs> stable with a manger <laughs> not a fancy palace. Um angels announced to the shepherds first, not to Herod or the religious leaders. So those are the things we've covered. Um why did he do this? How how did how did all of that turn things upside down from what we would expect to have happened if the eternal king was coming to earth. If we could push out what we knew of Jesus right now, and just imagine that, okay, there's a, an eternal king coming for, the, for all people. What's he going to be like? I'll, I'll throw it out there. Maybe if he followed the patterns of what we were used to, maybe it wouldn't really be that much of an explanation mark. Maybe it would be just like, oh yeah, well, that's another one, you know? Maybe that's one reason. Does it, st- does it cause us to stop in our tracks and look? Does it ensure that we don't miss that? Wow, my computer just thought I was talking to the S-I-R-I lady. Um, and um, yeah, it caused us to not miss the Savior, the, the one who was prophesied about. Um, if he came in any other ordinary way, you know, pomp and and, and all this stuff, we would maybe miss him. Um But then he continues to confirm, and in very tangible ways, that this is God orchestrating his coming. You look at all these things that needed to take place, a Jewish virgin, um, in the line of David, in a certain town, um, it had to be God working out his plans and purposes. We just see this, and as Christians who've maybe heard this many times, we can kind of take it for granted, the amazingness of this. And I'm trying to use that word in its fullest sense. Um, there, just everything of this is miraculous. Of Jesus being born, coming, um, going to Bethlehem for the census. Um, our Deliverer, you guys. So, let's dive into our third point for the night. Um, promises of the Deliverer Fulfilled. So here we have our, our handy dandy little chart with uh, some big ones of the promises in there. Um, this this is the deliver chart. Um, we've seen we're seeing these filled. Can you guys kind of pick and choose here? Tell me which ones that. Um, actually, you can't pick and choose. Yes, you can. Um, hey, <laughs> I gotta look at it here for a second. I'm kind of scanning between like three screens here. Um, what do you see before you there that, uh, up to date, we've seen fulfilled now?
7: Born
1: of a virgin. Okay. Descendant of Abraham.
2: Yeah. Descend from David and be king forever. Yeah.
7: Born in Bethlehem.
2: Good. Yep.
7: And brought out of Egypt.
2: That's right, yeah. It
7: dwelt by the Holy Spirit.
0: We'll see more of that as we go on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Any else there yet? Or does that that kind of bring us up to speed here? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <clears> this <throat> kind of summarizes it a bit condenses it for you Needed to make you dig a little um and they're there the verses where the fulfillment comes there oh in that, in that thank you point. yeah so <clears throat> again it's not we, we've covered the story but uh we always want to make sure we're tagging it back to the word because it's god's word that's authority not ours not mine um mm-hmm. As we look for names and truths given to Jesus in this lesson, um, let's talk about those uh, a little more. Remember Isaiah 9-6 from our previous lesson? uh, Some of these names. It says the child will be called a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Um, There are other names, important names, and truths spoken about who Jesus is and will be. There's more than what we have in this list. Um, But... Can we jot some of them down? What are some of the ones that, have, that uh, you guys were diligent in taking note of as we're going through the lesson that you can share now? <laughs>
5: Deliverer and Messiah.
2: Del- Deliverer Messiah. Savior. Savior.
5: Okay. Emmanuel.
2: Emmanuel. Mm-hmm.
1: God with us.
2: Yes.
7: Christ the Lord.
2: Christ the Lord, yeah. Messiah. The Lord the Lord saves. The Lord saves. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Son of the most high.
2: Yeah. That's right.
7: Horde of salvation.
2: Hmm. Good one. Redeemer. Yeah.
5: And rescuer.
2: Good.
6: King King forever
2: King forever yeah
7: the Shepherd of Israel
2: Awesome Any others do we miss some we got them a
0: great that
2: list that is a great list There'll be more to come. And we'll see more in a, in a later lesson, but that's awesome. Good job, you guys. So why is God uh, coming now as a baby? So he's, we, we see through him in the temple, uh, through the prophet Simeon and Anna, his, his, his God side. Uh, we know through Mary and Joseph, his human side, he was born. Um, why is this good news that, Jesus, that God sent his son Jesus to be a human? What is this all saying? What is this all pointing us towards?
7: That he would understand us because he has gone through it as a human being, not just as God.
2: For sure, yeah.
5: That he is actually Emmanuel, God with us.
2: Yeah, like how likely is it for this to happen, but for it to be God himself, yeah. And what about if this much has happened? If God is faithful to his promises, what about the rest that's, gonna, that's been promised and hasn't yet happened? Doesn't that just build the anticipation, the excitement? Crushing Satan's head? Ending the enemy's reign over all who, who respond in repentance and faith? And then becoming their eternal king, reigning over them forever, guaranteeing their salvation, the knowledge of freedom from sin? We're all born in the same boat, us humans here born in Adam, we're born sinners who sin, which means that Satan is our king and our destructive ruler. Remember John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have abundant life. Satan comes to deceive and trick humanity into deep, dark beliefs. But Jesus was coming to crush Satan's head, to set sinners free. And praise God. Here we are in the story, Jesus Christ is born, God with us, our deliverer, our redeemer. I mean, this is a hard, the, the aspect of him coming as a human yet fully God, this is a hard, hard truth for people getting their, their heads around. How could he be fully one and fully the other? We will talk more about this in the next lesson. What, you know, we, we've slowed down on some of our contrast questions, um, but we've got kind of a couple here today. What are things um, that people believe about Jesus, or, or who do they think he is? We see from the scriptures now what he is, but our, our culture, or, or even some things you struggle with understanding who Jesus is, what are some lies out there that you guys hear or know of that we can, um, I mean... You could jot down on a paper yourself right now. I don't have my big white thing that I'm going to do here, but.
5: Well, he was just a good ethical man, right? Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, good moral teacher.
5: Or
6: even that he was just a prophet.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What
5: did he we? He's just kind of kind of a good buddy, you know. He's he's a great guy, but is he Lord?
2: Right. No let's just pause there I just there's two main points I want to tackle you so good teacher uh, not God what did we see tonight in the scripture that would refute that
7: his name was to be God with
2: us yeah right embedded in his name what about in the temple
5: that all these prophecies pointed so directly so specifically to him it's pretty hard to deny that he wasn't all the things that these people had prophesied.
2: Mm-hmm. So beyond just, just a, a good teacher, I mean, you think of, of, his, uh, of his skill or his uh, natural teaching tendency in, in the temple. He had it. He was, what, I don't know, 12? Young. And he was wowing the experts of the law then. That's not human. So that, that pushes against him being just a good teacher. Like, you know, he grew up being a good teacher. Um, and, and also the aspect of him um, not being God. Because what human could do that? What are you going to do with those truths if you hold on to them? Are you going to hold on to them? Are you Are going to have two lies existing or lie existing with the truth? Are you going to crumple up that paper and throw it in the trash? <laughs> no Slam dunk. And I got it in this time, you guys.
7: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> um and then i kind of this is one that you have to if you guys are going to teach foundationally about this this part of the story of mary um i don't know if some of you guys have come out of a catholic background or if that is still part of uh your mix of worship and and, and denomination or whatever but um when we think of Mary, this is a hotly contested person, topic. Um, what, are they, what, are, what is said about Mary today? Or what do you believe about Mary? What pushes against what we've taught tonight or what the Word revealed tonight?
5: Or well, there's some people that worship Mary. And, uh, you know, the scriptures say that it's God that needs to be worshipped, not any individual no matter what their strengths, no matter what their calling is. Uh, I mean, there's some really awesome pastors around. There's really some great speakers, some even some people that are great prophetic people, but they're not to be worshipped. They're created by the the God that we serve. That
7: mm-hmm. she didn't sin, and she was born without a sin nature.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, and in uh, Luke 1, 47... Uh, Mary says and my spirit rejoices in my, in God my Savior so she acknowledged that she needed to be saved as well
2: yeah so anything that we can say about Mary uh, if, she, if we believe that she was sinless um, that she was to be worshipped right there we see she's confessing her sin she had confessed her sin if she's calling him Lord right there my Redeemer Um, she was redeemed you have to be off track in order to be redeemed you can't be redeemed from perfection you can't be redeemed from sinlessness you're redeemed from sin you're redeemed from being off track from total destruction Um, so if people i don't know if you struggle with your thoughts of mary or what her role is that she plays yes she was blessed uh, to carry the savior of the world Um, but that that that's where it ends she was a human. She was rescued, it seems like, from what we read here and in, in what Tony just read. Um, so she wasn't perfect. She wasn't without sin. If she's, a, if she's confessing him as her Lord and Redeemer, she too then submitted herself to him, prayed to him. She wasn't asking to be prayed to. Um, we don't see that lined, lined up in the scriptures that she's asking to be prayed to, no, nor does the Lord command anyone to pray to her either. Um, anyways, that, that one just, I wanted to touch on that. I, I don't know if that's something that anybody here struggles with, but it is still a popular thought. It's kind of mixed into our thinking of, well, Mary was still, she's, she might not be God, but she's still kind of, you know, maybe she's like in bronze place on the, on the (laughs) podium, you know, with, uh, you know, I don't know. But, um,
7: for for some people, she is higher than Jesus too.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah.
0: I say, I know when I did some uh, work in in South America, that again, there's different, I'll say flavors of Catholicism depending on where you are in this world, and yeah, Mary was right up there. She was like the co- uh, redeemer, um, advocate. Yeah, she 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 had a a role of of redemption as well, salvation was through through Mary also. So,
5: um, yeah. It's like so many of the characters in the Bible, though. It, it really demonstrates God's unmerited favor, mm-hmm. right? It, it wasn't something she earned. It wasn't something she deserved. It's something that he bestowed upon her in spite of her sinful state. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. You know, God, God uses us in spite of us and our sinful state and our inability to do what's right.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen. I mean, just the hook is telling us that Jesus is already to be the one who is with us. We don't need somebody else to be with us. If he's with us, who can usurp that or trump that? Not Mary.
7: And Mary really had to suffer too, because you think about this young teenager that had to go through. Her peers would have had judged her, and she had, you know, she was an unwedded, pregnant mom, and all the traveling that she had to do, and how people, you know, she was poor. Uh, came from a lower status. It wasn't like she was highly favored in the sense of what we would say highly favored. But in the sense of what God gave her was favor. Mm -hmm. That she really had to suffer and see her son die on the cross too.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The two tendencies of mankind seem to be to make Jesus less than he is or elevate man or a human higher than
2: they are. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, as we, as we conclude this lesson, you guys, thanks for your discussion there on, on Mary and on, um, Jesus. Let's wrap this up. Um, we have this beautiful truth that the promised deliverer came as a baby, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Um, john prepared the way for him behold well uh, actually we're not there yet so i can't say that part but yeah he was going to prepare the way jesus is born and and we see these promises of the of the deliverer fulfilled so he's arrived the deliverers come and incredibly he fulfills these prophecies as unlikely as it is uh he has fulfilled them all proving his godness his god factor (laughs) totally god totally man and these prophecies again thousands of years were made thousands of years earlier God is so purely good in his faithfulness, you guys. Do you see again and again, as people rebel and rebel faithfully, God is faithful to his promises faithfully. Um, He will follow through. His sovereign plans are never thwarted by by, uh, social standards, statuses, expectations, anything. We have a deliverer sent by God himself. And in fact, the deliverer is God. And it's truly Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the one who takes away sin, God of Most High. He's our deliverer and rescuer. Good news. This is good news. That's the good news. So, we've learned how God has remained faithful to his promises, sending the messenger to announce the deliverer's arrival, the virgin birth. Um, He was without sin, without sin debt. Um, We saw Mary, Joseph, the wise men, and others who who believed that Jesus was who the scripture said he was. Fully God, fully man. And undoubtedly, remember that old slide we had of, of of a conductor in front of an orchestra? It was God orchestrating all these amazing circumstances. They would come to understand more deeply what it meant for Jesus to be their deliverer, the eternal king, the one to save them from their sins. It's a simple message. You know, one that children can, can understand and can trust in and lean into. Will we too trust the simplicity? Sometimes are we like those Pharisees and Sadducees? We, just, we, we add more to the message. This is just the simplicity of God's plan. It's outside of ourselves. Don't try and put the fig leaves on. Don't try to come our own way bringing our own fruits and vegetables with a, an unholy heart. Um, we got to look outside of ourselves. I don't know if you guys got that email that I sent last week. I thought that was just bang on uh, for what we're doing. You know, we, human, human spirit is we always want to look into ourselves. What do I have to contribute to this equation? What can I bring to the table? What in me is good that I can like, you know, do some finagling here to, my, to whatever is out there, the, the higher power, what's to come? No, it's outside of ourselves, the plan of salvation, the rescue We need to come empty-handed, bring our corpse, that's what we get to do, uh, and believe God's truth of deliverance. And we're left with, what will you choose to do with the truth of who Jesus is? I like to challenge people, it's not, and we'll continue to to see how the the word develops all of who Jesus is uh, that that God has conveyed. I, I challenge people with, it's not that I care if you believe in Jesus, I want to know what you believe in Jesus. Because I want to know that you believe the Jesus that I know is in the Bible and that the Bible reveals clearly. Do you guys have any final questions as we uh, wrap up or things you want to comment on?
5: I'd I'd be willing to say something. You know, it was was when I was a 17-year-old boy. And I didn't uh, have any exposure to church, hardly at all. And uh, my father was an was alcoholic, and through AA we got invited to this Bible study. And uh, within a month or two, they walked through all these prophecies of the Old Testament, fulfillments of the New Testament, and you know, at the conclusion of it, the leader says, uh, so, so what do you think about the Bible? I said, well, That's pretty amazing, you know. He says, well, do you believe it's a divinely inspired book after hearing the Old Testament prophecies and the New Testament fulfillments? I said, yeah. And so then he walked me uh, through the Roman road and led me to Christ, (laughs) largely as a result of looking at the Old Testament uh, prophecies and the New Testament fulfillments, not knowing all of what the rest of the Bible had to say.
2: (laughs) Crazy. And then
5: the journey started from there.
2: No. yeah that's no. cool. That's really cool
0: well hmm. I think as part of as we as you look at this this story with Jesus is that we want to come to that point of, of realizing, wow, like again Brandon, you close it off it it's God doing this. It's not a human effort, and that question the challenge for us is what are we going to do with these these truths? you know, yeah, we might believe in Jesus but what do we really believe in and then, I mean, part of that's the anticipation too, right? You said it a few times in this lesson, like, you know, it, there's more to come, you know, now let's see what's going to happen with this messenger and what's going to happen with this deliverer. What's going to, what are they going to do? And yeah, I mean, we know the, where, where this is going to go, but uh, hopefully there's that sense. Um, uh, is, it, is it Amy? I think you said, you know, even in this season right now, we're at Easter. So even more reason to celebrate, right? We see God's hand and uh, our saviour is here so
2: yeah awesome well let's uh let's close in prayer and uh i'll hang out here for anyone that uh, needs to get a little bit of more social interaction but uh otherwise we'll wrap her up here heavenly father um thank you so much that you've given us your word that we could know you that we get to come empty-handed and uh just say here i am Savior, my Lord and my Redeemer. God, I just pray that these truths tonight, yeah, we've gone over them maybe many times in our own personal times with you, but I just pray that there was something new tonight for each of us just to hold on to this week, to give us encouragement and hope, <clears throat> and to realize that there's even yet still so much more to come. not I'm not even talking in the established lessons, but just in life with what you've promised, with what Uh, you've yet to fulfill and what awaits us for those who have put their faith and trust in you god thank you for your good good gifts to us your children thank you that you are with us as we go god help us to be a light in dark places help us to see those opportunities before us uh, to share these nuggets of truth lord to be generous as you are generous lord remind us not to be stingy in anything that we say or do as we seek to be your ambassadors in jesus christ's name we, we pray Amen. Amen.
5: Amen.